You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, I just looked at our list of guests, and the last time I talked to Alejandro Rojas was nine months ago. I mean, he could have had a kid by now, I guess, if he was a woman. Of course, on, you know, on, on other planets, you know, things like that might work out differently. Haven't there been some men who have had kids? There was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I think there was a joke, a prank that was done where some guy allegedly had a baby, but I don't think he did. That's good. You can believe everything you see on the internet. Of course, everything on the internet is true. Yeah. That's right. Now, imagine if you have two diametrically opposed tidbits of information. And both are true at the same time. Does that mean the internet is really the multiverse? Well, I mean, technically they couldn't be the same. Although, uh, especially in this field, a lot of people do claim that alternate, um, you know, two different things that are opposed to each other are real. And that is actually the definition of, um, what is that term? Cognitive dissonance. And... uh, a lot of people misuse that term, but uh, yeah, something that causes neurosis, and so people would go crazy. Or <laughs> two different dimensions. Joining me in Randall is Alejandro Rojas. Of course, he works with OpenMinds.tv and responsible for the International UFO Conference, right? That is, well, I, I am an employee of the UFO Conference. Well, you're kind of the guy who helps set it up and everything. Speaking of which, yeah. of course, we're, it's been a while since we talked to you. What will the focus be of the coming event? UFOs. <laughs> it, we never have themes, and uh, it, it's so long, and I, I, don't, I don't think they're, um, it's best, and, and what we always typically like to do is represent, you know, what, what's gone on in the last year and hopefully get people that have done something unique or different. So that it's kind of guided by that. It's kind of guided by the field and what's going on out there. I would say a big presence this year, though, will be uh, Jeremy Corbell uh, and his films. So, for instance, he's got Hunt for the Skinwalker. Uh, we will have Lou Elizondo there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of this, uh, it's still kind of an unraveling story. Uh, there are questions. And for some reason, uh, there hasn't been a big kind of headlong tackling into this. But the whole idea that, like at Jeremy Corbell's movie, Hunt for the Skinwalker, shows that, you know, a lot of that Skinwalker research was funded by the government, this government program that the New York Times wrote about in December. So that'll be a, a big factor because we'll have Lou there and we'll definitely talk to him about that. And then Jeremy will be there talking about his film and that as well. And then Jeremy has a new film coming out that he'll be showing there also that uh, is his personal recent interviews with Bob Lazar. And I think that relationship actually started at the International UFO Congress when Bob Lazar was there a couple of years ago. And uh, so was Jeremy. And I know they had some mutual friends. I think uh, Tom DeLong actually had a surprise sneak visit uh, at that event then. And uh, he and George Knapp and uh, Bob Lazar all went out 
and hung out for a while. And I think that's when uh, the relationship started. I could be wrong. It could have started earlier, but it certainly has gone on stronger. And Jeremy spent a lot of time with him. Uh, that will be that'll definitely have a heavy presence there at the conference. We'll have to get Randall to somehow fly down from Calgary to have a look. I want to ask you, Alejandro, with regard to that. It's been a couple of years, the last time we had James Fox talking about his UFO film, 701, the movie, and he was doing it with Tracy Torme, who has been quite ill. Have you heard anything from James in recent months? I've heard a lot. Actually, I I will have a producer credit on the film, along with many others. But uh, yeah, I've been hearing from them and helping them out uh, recently. Lee Spiegel is helping write the script. And in fact, they're all in California right now working on editing uh, the video. So they are in the editing stages. Uh, they they are doing a little bit more filming. In fact, I think they're doing some filming today, which likely will wrap up the filming. But of course, we didn't expect that there was going to be any more filming uh, going on, actually. But something came up. And so they had an opportunity. Um, this is the second or third kind of opportunity that's come up after wrapping uh, filming. So that may happen again. But I think at this point, they're kind of like, this has got to be it. Uh, there's only one or two outstanding uh, events that may occur that would be able to import some more. But I just posted a video last night where uh, some of us that spoke at the devil's tower ufo rendezvous we're talking about you know to the stars and and some of this latest news and information and lee uh talked quite a bit about the documentary and essentially what he was saying um as a result of december you know they've been able to get a host of very credible very high level uh, individuals to agree to do interviews so they've got some amazing interviews. They've got uh, access and people involved with this film at levels uh, which is, have never, I don't think, been able to, has anyone been able to get these type of people? And I, unfortunately, I can't really mention any names, but uh, that's kind of a good thing because uh, that'll make more of an impact when the film comes out. But uh, they are really getting some amazing stuff. And uh, it's going to be really exciting. Now, for those who follow movies, they call those reshoots when they have to do something again or add something to the picture. Now, is there a release date yet? Is it still being called 701 or what? No, the name 701 was kind of ditched quite a while ago. Uh, It did go through some uh, changes. So the original production group did include uh, Tracy Torme. Uh, Also, another gentleman uh, who a couple other people who actually parted from the project and James held on to it then and gathered a different production group, essentially, and then moved forward. And even prior to that, they had decided and gotten the feedback. Nobody knows what 701 means. So it was too uh, ambiguous of a name. Uh, The other names of his documentaries are Out of the Blue or I Know What I Saw, which kind of uh, at least, you know, make more sense when knowing the topic is UFOs. So they do not have a title yet. They're working on one. 
Uh, they have been ever since they decided not to run with 2701. But yeah, so they, they haven't decided to do 701 for a long time. And in fact, for those of you who want to get really geeky and into the details, 701 was a number used by the Air Force when they closed Blue Book. Essentially, they said, oh, we only have 701 unidentified, which is a lot, really, even though they had thousands of reports that they have 701 that they could not debunk and they actively, you know, tried to debunk these and tried to explain them away. But even after all of that, 701 that they could not uh, explain away, even though they, they fervently tried to do so, that's a lot. The number is probably, at you know, there's a few numbers of different lists of unknowns. Heineck had his own list, which I think was around 500. There are a few other lists from the Air Force, other Air Force people that range between five and, and 700. Mike Swords has a great document or report you can find online that goes over all of all of this. But that number, even 701, is kind of not uh, it's kind of a random number uh, anyway. Depends on how you interpret it. Of course, they can come up with a title called Don't Worry. We'll think of a title. No, they are not going to do that. We've got Alejandro Rojas of the International UFO Conference and OpenMinds.tv. But with Gene and Randall, it means you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com.
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. I've probably noticed in the past five years that my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines, wrinkles, my crow's feet have gotten deeper. Wow. I was hoping for five years, but that's like what my eyes looked like ten years ago. That is really cool. Wrinkle gone? <laughs> it's easy. You just put it on your finger and go. Now I wish I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle that's bugging me. I am a little bit emotional. I, turning 40, I didn't think would be a big deal to me, but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what, um, what I see when I look in the mirror. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Anyway, we've got Alejandro Rojas with Gina Randall. We're talking shop here Getting up to date, what's happening in the UFO field at the International UFO Conference. Good to hear the James Fox movie is finally progressing. It's had a germination period of, of several years, but that's not unusual in the film business where sometimes films go on for years and years before things come together and they find the right pattern, the right right script and everything. Is there a release date yet? Is there, there a distribution agreement? Um, there is. Well, neither. So there is, uh, they have distribution leads, strong ones. So they will be soon um, working on nailing that down. But actually, they, they, their plan, and, and this is what they worked out, which is a little different than the, the world's changed you know, when it comes to documentaries and videos because the online streaming and everything. But he's actually going to finish it before he moves on which is uh, actually some advice for people out there. That's not what you do typically. Typically, you shop it and you find your distributor prior to finishing your film because they're going to want input. Um, in this case, the people he's been talking to asked for a finished version, so he's going to finish a version, and then he's going to uh, work with his contacts and, and work on distribution. But some great lines and some, some good distribution. So it's all very, very positive there. And one great thing, you know, you mentioned how sometimes these films uh, take a long time to to 
get created. Uh, it makes me think of the Ruwa Aerial School movie that Randall Nickerson is working on. And he's been working on that for maybe 10 years. And some of you may remember in the 90s, you know, these kids uh, at an elementary school in South Africa uh, said they saw this, this craft land and this entity come out. Um, and years later, now that they're in their 20s, they've been talking about it. So uh, we've had at least one of the witnesses at the UFO Congress before who uh, very moving. And I've met her and, and, you know, it's really interesting. So all these kids, you know, still hold by that this this actually occurred. So there's been a movie in the works for about 10 years by Randy Nickerson. I've talked to him recently and um, helped him get some footage. But James also did some interviews of those kids. And those interviews will be included in the his documentary. So it'll have a section on that because I know a lot of people love that case. John Mack, it was pretty involved with that as well. And he's got a Here's a short documentary about it. You can look up on the YouTube uh, that features him in that as well. Yeah. In fact, that's how the, the case came about. In fact, we probably wouldn't know about it so much. But this person, uh, a friend who uh, was a, in journalism, uh, she decided she wanted to go investigate this case and she wanted to make a documentary out of it. And uh, she asked John Mack to come along and he was hesitant because he's like, I'm not a this isn't what I do. You know, I'm a psychologist. I, I'm more along the, the lines of what's kind of happening in people's heads. But uh, she talked him into it. And so he went out there. Uh, he was floored. They interviewed these kids and uh, he's great. He works with kids. And, you know, he was just a he adds so much credibility to to that documentary and just the way his mannerisms. He's he's very. Um, deliberate in what he says and and very caring, very soft-spoken with these children and uh, was able to get some great responses. And uh, that those videos of those interviews in that documentary are really what made that case famous. Absolutely. Mac was a real credit to the field. There's no doubt about that. It's tragic that we lost him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. He was great. So backing up uh, just a little bit there to our percentages, We've got Blue Book, according to Rupelt, saying that there were about 26.94% of the sightings were unknown. So I guess it depends on what number you start with. He said that of the uh, 4,400 actually received, that all except for 1,593 were immediately rejected for analysis, which I think leaves us with less than actually 500 at least at the time that he wrote uh, the report on unidentified flying objects. Yeah, and the, the other issue, and it just gets really complicated, and that's why this Mike Swords document is so great. Uh, there are there were several projects. Of course, there's Grudge, um, and before that, there was... This sign. Yes, Project Sign, and then it turned into Blue Book. So... During the grudge years was really when the heavy uh, debunking was happening. Uh, and Rupelt goes over this in his book, actually, uh, because he was tasked with examining what's the status. This Project Grudge is going on. Uh, people have a bad attitude about UFOs. What's going on is what his general asked. And so he went to investigate and he saw that, you know, during sign, 
that there was actually a positive outlook for UFOs. And of course, they came up with a document that said, hey, it could be aliens. Uh, the people got upset about that and it created this kind of pushback. OK, we're, we're upset because you guys are taking this. Um, you're making these claims that it could be aliens. You're making us look like idiots. Essentially, let's debunk this whole thing and try to squash all of this. Well, uh, Rupelt wasn't of that. He just observed that. And he observed the Air Force actually has gotten a really bad name because we are blatantly, you know, not taking these cases seriously. And, and we're getting in. Uh, a lot of people are very critical of it. So he said, I, I think that we should do uh, be looking at this stuff. And so he was told, go ahead, do it. So they started Project uh, Blue Book. Um, during that time, also, there was a lot going on uh, that propelled, you know, the topic. Uh, kind of zeitgeist reminded that there was a lifetime, a life article with these astronomers who were coming out talking about how they had seen UFOs. There was 1952, Washington, D.C. So there's all this stuff that that just boosted everything and made it really uh, just propelled Project Blue Book to go on for, you know, many years. Right. Um, it ended in uh, 69, I think. And this mm -hmm. initial report was between 47 and 52. So there was a number of other right. years, even after that, that could certainly bring the number of unknowns up into the 700 uh, yeah. mark so for sure. That's the point is that there were... Along the line, several different reports and analysis of the report of the sightings they had gotten to date. And so that's another reason why we have so many different numbers is that there were lots of different point uh, reports at different times. And when reports were made, they weren't always all looking at the same set of information. Something I think is really important to get across to the skeptics here, too, is that we often hear that, well, you know, if they'd had more information then we would have been able to identify more of them and there would have been a whole lot less. But if you actually look at the data, they rejected all of the reports with insufficient information to do an analysis. So yeah. in that, in other words, in that percentage, there was uh, 22, over 22% that was insufficient data that they simply ignored. So the unknowns are completely separate from those with insufficient information. We've got more to talk about with Alejandro and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy.
For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Pastor Andrew Brunson has been released from a Turkish prison. He was detained after a failed military coup in 2016. Brunson has always maintained his innocence. President Trump. This has nothing to do with anything. There was no deal made at all. There was no deal. Uh, But we're very happy to have him and have him in good shape, very good shape. And global businesses are reassessing their relationships with Saudi Arabia after reports that journalist Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Khashoggi's Apple Watch recorded his interrogation, torture and murder inside the consulate. Once again, President Trump. It is potentially a really, really terrible situation. So we'll see what happens. You're listening to USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So that was a very big point that was actually made. I think Donald Kehoe had made points about that in his books about Project Blue Book, where they would stuff a lot of real compelling cases under the category of insufficient information because that gave them a dodge, a way to say, well, you know, we would have maybe explained the rest if we had enough information, but then you have insufficient information, so how do you compensate for that? Well, plus it's an unscientific argument. You always want more data, and it's fair to say and accurate to say 
if we had more data, we would be able to understand that sighting better. That's true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you would be able to explain what it is, that it's something mundane. Uh, that's an assumption. Um, that's like going into not being able to prove some scientific hypothesis you have and saying, well, if I would have had more information, I could have proven that it was real. Uh, no, that's not how it works. If I had more information, I could prove the moon was is actually cheese. That's not how it works. It certainly more data is always good and it would have shed more light on the situation. But that doesn't necessarily mean uh, because there are situations where we do have data. Um, in fact, I, I recently did an interview with uh, David Marler. And here's an example, the Battle of L.A. He's gathered more and more information about Battle of L.A., this this sighting over L.A. in 1942. And I've always kind of felt if we had more data there, maybe it would show something mundane. But this is an example where more data has just added to the mystery. And a lot of the best UFO cases are like that. Even though we keep getting more data, we can't explain the mystery. It, it remains uh, mysterious. And those are the best cases. That's not an assumption that is necessarily true, although more data should always be sought. I, I certainly agree with that. Well, if if we were going to listen to what the United States Air Force had to say on what they actually mean by the word unidentified, they say that a sighting is considered unidentified when a report apparently contains all pertinent data necessary to suggest a valid hypothesis concerning the cause or explanation of a report, but the description of the object or its motion cannot be correlated with any known object or phenomena. In other words, they have plenty of data to identify it if it was something that we know or even could be known. Mm -hmm. And if you look at those cases, there are really good unknowns. We, I, I had a series before our magazine ended on the unknown Blue Book cases, uh, and, and you can go in and there is paperwork. And some of these cases, there is a ton of information and a lot of witnesses. And they're still uh, unknown. So, for example, there was a multiple witness UFO sighting in Oregon and Washington on July 4th, 1947. A bunch of police officers throughout the towns of Oregon and Washington or the states of Oregon and Washington. And the police officers knew because they were broadcasting it over the radio and people were listening in and, and people got word of it. People are seeing UFOs. So they started listening. And even some of the witnesses say they thought it was a joke and they they were listening for fun and, and trying to look to see if they could see them. And some of them did see them and they thought, holy cow, these are really weird. I don't know what that is. And so there was a lot of data in those cases, witness testimony, but they couldn't solve that. You know, they couldn't figure out what it was. And if you look at many of those blue book cases, in the grudge years, they were really looking for the opportunity to say, oh, that's a parachute or, oh, that's Venus. And if, you know, there was nothing there that could discount that, then they would go with that. So these unknowns are cases where they just could not explain them away as much as they wanted to. And they wanted to very, very badly. Well, that, there's an interesting point there to be made, too. Recently, we had Professor Paul Kingsbury on from Simon Fraser University, who's taken an interest in the paranormal and actually received a government grant to study it for four years. And when we got into talking about data, his opinion, contrary to quite a number of the skeptics, is that eyewitness 
testimony does constitute data. You know what? And, and we got in in our Open Mind GFO News Facebook group. We there's a lot of debate actually in there about this, and people were saying, "Oh, the data is." You know, they were talking about Cheryl Costa, who writes for Syracuse New Times, and she her book, which talks about UFO reports, and they are just about reports. And people are saying that that is faulty. It wasn't scientifically gained. You know, it wasn't uh, there wasn't uh, things like biases are not being put in there, but it is valuable data. In fact, if when you're looking at like Paul, I think Paul's a sociologist or a historian, something along those lines. So in a the cultural social, uh, geographer, there you go, a cultural geographer. So uh, what you do is you go and you ask people what their feelings are and, you know, people submit information from their perspective. And so from a perspective of, of Paul's, for instance, the MUFON UFO reports are very valuable data because it's cultural data you know, giving you a, a feed for what the culture is like or what culture perceives. That's the whole point. So it's certainly valuable data. Now, does the data scientifically prove, uh, you know, that these are technology that is beyond what humans can make? No, the data can't be used for that, but it can be used for public perception and it can be used for generalization such as, you know, like Cheryl was pointing out in a recent article that here's where triangular shaped craft are seen or, or how often they're seen compared to others. That sort of data is helpful. I mean, we're just talking about, we get into that word proof, right? And we go right back yeah. to Ruppelt and his introduction. And, and really all proof is, is evidence that's sufficient to justify belief in a claim. And so it's subjective. For some people, a person's testimony is proof enough. For other yeah. people, it's not. Yeah. To say that just because we've had, we've had a number of witnesses that are providing a description of their experience that that's not proof, I don't think that's a valid argument. It depends on how where you're using the word proof. The word proof is typically used, you know, kind of in, in two places mostly, which what people are, are mostly referring to, which is in court or in science. There are different levels. There's the level of public opinion. There's the legal level uh, when it comes to court. And then there's this the scientific level, which is the highest and the highest bar to meet uh, when it comes to public opinion, I think that, that we're kind of at that tipping point where the people feel that there is enough proof out there to allow them to believe in the phenomena and believe that perhaps we're even being visited. When it comes to court, that's harder to say. Some people argue that there is enough proof and anecdotal information does serve as proof, especially expert anecdotal information, which we have. So David Fravor, who's a F-18 pilot who chased these things from He's the nimitz case right, right. yeah exactly. excellent interview if people haven't seen that go look it up because this fravor cannot be denied as somebody who has been there and has credentials and it wasn't just his cameras that picked this up he saw it with his own eyes along with his the other people in his squadron Mm hmm. So that's expert opinion, which so for a court that would weigh very, very heavy. For instance, you know, with Lou Elizondo, who ran that government program, that was enough to show that there's there's something here to look at. 
When it comes to science, now that's something different. And when we say something is real or not, typically, you know, we rely on, on science to to know for sure. Anecdotal information then points you in directions, but it doesn't serve as as proof. You need something harder for that. And that that's, you know, very difficult. But I would argue that just because we don't have scientific proof that aliens are here or that their UFOs demonstrate a a real mystery, um, and that may even be argued if you look at radar data and stuff like that, that perhaps that could serve as, as scientific, that even if we haven't gotten there, we, we've got enough to show that it's something worth looking into. Alejandro Rojas, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com.
Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminess twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? That's the special announcer voice from Alejandro. <laughs> All right, we're going to pick up on something important about your discussion in this segment of the Paracast. Would you go on, please, Alejandro? Yeah, I just wanted to finish that point. And I argue with the SETI guys who are looking for extraterrestrial intelligence. They speculate all the time and they speculate a lot. And there's no doubt even the general public can get the sense that speculating that an an advanced extraterrestrial civilization would use radio signals is really a huge stretch and almost ridiculous. And even when SETI started up and they were planning on what they would do, Scientists felt that way back in like the 60s, but instead we're still listening to these radio signals, uh, which is kind of just a a silly thing, really, in that we're even moving past that sort of technology. So to, to speculate that an advanced civilization would be able to monitor us and go undetected, like let's say Star Trek people do in the Star Trek movies, I don't, you know, that's completely within the realm of possibility. It's something that I think is credible speculation. But if you speculated like that with a SETI person, which I have, they would say, oh, that's ridiculous. I, I do think SETI is a worthwhile project, though. And I, I do think too. I, I really think it's too bad that there's this us versus them attitude that's, that's come into play. It, you can see it in, say, a movie like Contact. And there you see the ufologists and the UFO people. They're dressed up kind of as, as what you might call the UFO nuts with their you know, tinfoil hats and the Space Brother costumes and Jodie Foster's driving by and looking at them thinking like, wow, you know, it, it, these, it's a good thing I've got a window between me and them on her way to the, the very large array that she was <laughs> working at. So it, I think that's a really unfair attitude uh, I when agree. it comes to when it comes to serious ufology, I'm, I'm, we're on the same side. We, it's we di- true, but we kind of our own problem, too. At the same time, 
you know, there, there's a way you do science and there's a way you approach and you, you converse with that group. There aren't many people, serious UFO researchers or investigators who have made that effort. Instead, a lot of times people will approach them with uh, speculation or with anecdotal information. And that's not going to go anywhere with a scientist. They're just going to say, well, that, that's nothing. It could be this. It could be that. It's incumbent on us to come to them with good information. But I think that it's possible. I've always said there could be a study of UFOs. There just isn't one yet. An organization made up uh, largely of scientists that adhere to scientific standards to show what we've got right now. And I don't think that we've really gotten that. And, and an organization that wants to interact with public and SETI. I think we can get there. I hope we do. So it, it's kind of twofold. Well, what we've got with ufology, it's, a, it's an informal interest. It mm -hmm. certainly could be an academic interest. For example, it, it doesn't need to be into the sciences, but it, it could fit into the humanities. So Kingsbury actually agreed full wholeheartedly with that idea. So it, there's certainly a spectrum where it ranges from completely informal conversation and speculation and the sort of fringe ufology all the way up to academics who take it seriously. Science, on the other hand, really is bounded on two sides by some pretty strict rules of behavior and investigation. Really, I think that ufology just, it's so wide a field, it simply can't become a science unto itself. It really needs to be classed as something different. And I think it's a mistake to try and think of it as a science. And I think if we were to get good scientific information, and you make a fabulous point there, it's incumbent upon us to provide the good information. And if we do, then let's give it to the scientists on their own terms at arm's length and let them do the work in their own way mm -hmm. to remove our bias and let them come to a conclusion. I think you make some good points there in that, you know, UFOs as a topic, just like many other topics, would include um, a lot of different sciences that more it would be more along the lines of different scientific disciplines attacking or, or uh, looking at the topic and then using it in their own realms like Paul is doing, like you mentioned. Um, and he is actually someone who is of the academic uh, scientific community. So he is using the data to show uh, culturally, you know, uh, perspectives, in it, which I think is fascinating. So you're right. Other areas could use it. One area where I think that, for example, you know, we had John Mack. Unfortunately, he passed away. But psychology, there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people out there who believe that they've interacted with aliens. Shouldn't we pay attention to that? Doesn't it make sense that, you know, we should have some academic studies looking at these people and wondering why they believe these things? It could be uh, related to a phenomena of the mind that is not related to aliens. But, I mean, it's a big enough issue with so many people that you would think that it would garner some study in that arena. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Other disciplines could tackle this. Uh, and the one positive thing, though, I'll say about the hard sciences is that what the two the stars is doing and other organizations, in fact, MUFON, a lot of the engineers who, who helped founded MUFON felt along these lines that they could possibly 
figure out the technology being used just by observing the craft. And certainly the people involved with To The Stars believe that. They believe that they have been able to figure out some of the technology used by these craft um, simply by observation. But that assumes the craft you see represents the real craft, whatever it is. That assumes there's no camouflaging. That means that it's a real object. And if it's not a real object, then whatever you observe is not going to be valid. Well, true. But I mean, the observations you make, especially if you're making scientific ones, are going to be indicative of some sort of science. So that's got to be checked. So in other words, if, for for example, the uh, movement they're seeing Uh, There are certain characteristics of that movement that fit a hypothesis of potential propulsion that is out there. Then you would be able to um, say, hey, this potential, this theoretical potential, you know, method of propulsion is, is viable. So we can work on developing this. And as we develop it, if it seems to mirror Uh, the characteristics of the craft that we're observing, then that would give you validation that you're moving in the right direction, which is essentially what those guys have been doing. Absolutely. I I don't think there's any question that the UFO phenomena has inspired scientists. I mean, we can go back to, to Paul R. Hill, who had a sighting and devoted much of his, the remainder of his life to trying to figure out how these things work. Similarly, we have people in NASA who've been inspired, uh, not just by UFOs, but by science fiction in general, to try to come up with some sort of FTL, faster than light propulsion system. Exactly. You know, there was a question uh, recently, uh, you know, and this has kind of been asked before, uh, especially of the the experts in, in the areas. How did, why are we developing so many technologies that are so similar to like in Star Trek? Was Gene Roddenberry just ahead of his time? And the answer when they polled a a lot of physicists was no, that's not it. It's that we all were inspired by Star Trek. So we we sought to develop the technologies that we saw in Star Trek. That's why so much uh, technology in those areas is as so just exactly to your point that, you know, the inspiration, the they were inspired by Star Trek. So now we have Star Trek like technologies being worked on. Well, we didn't bring up Star Trek this time, Gene, right? That, this was Alejandro. That was yeah, that's me. right. You know, okay, just a minute here. Just, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this defined carefully. I didn't mention Star Trek. Randall didn't mention Star Trek. We didn't give any clues to Alejandro. <laughs> he came in cold, spontaneous, and he used the ST word or Do words. Engage. Alejandro. <laughs> that's awesome well it is true though I, I, I've got a DVD I think it's called How uh, William Shatner Changed the World and he talks all about yeah. his, his uh, you know it's all about of course uh, Shatner and his involvement with Star Trek and all of the things that came out of it and that we use in today's society on a regular basis it's really quite fascinating yeah, yeah. but they said that the tablet like an iPad or one of the fire tablets from Amazon originated with Star Trek Next Generation, but no, it was also in 2001. So mm. Star Trek is not responsible for the iPad. Just want to bring that up to date. We've got Alejandro Rojas, 
J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As we continue trying to sort things out and separate the influences, but the other question I would have then... And maybe it goes back to Greg Bishop's co-creation. Because we are conditioned by the Star Trek universe and the Star Wars universe to envision spacecraft in certain ways. And there are overlaps because they both have some kind of warp drive, that kind of thing. Do we think here that what we see in terms of UFOs may also be colored by that? Personally, I think they're definitely there's no doubt about it. And and here would be an example, I, I think, of just how much entertainment or television can influence the field as well. I think, uh, you know, when we see when certain television shows launch, then a bunch of reports come in and there has been correlation with even shapes on those reports. I think the biggest thing Right now, we're getting a bunch of articles or why have UFO reports gone down? Well, the percentage that they've gone down is very little from 
you know, 7,000 to like 5,000. So it's still thousands of reports like organizations like MUFON are getting. However, they have gone down. I, I follow them on a regular basis, but that's because Hangar One, when Hangar One came out, which was a television about MUFON, that's when they got a huge spike in reports. And uh, the second season came out and they that year was the second highest reports. And then so now that the show's off the air, reports have really gone down because people just don't know where to report it. It's reflective on, on the media. So I think definitely, especially, you know, with the, all the triangles, um, certainly people, uh, the, even the concept of this TR three B now people are taking videos of, of really largely commercial aircraft. And, and, you know, often the, they have three lights on and it looks like a triangular formation. And that night, you know, people think, Oh, that's gotta be a triangle UFO. Uh, actually it's an airplane. So I think so. I think that, uh, personally that media does influence. It's unfortunately we can't find out how much. Well, I mean, there, there is some good data on that. Like, uh, the 1996 UFO wave in Great Britain, for example, uh, sightings soared from 117 in 1995 to over 600 in 1996. And that corresponded with the X-Files popularity at the time mm. and so skeptics say well you know everybody's watching the x-files so therefore that explains it but but does it really i mean i think we we can say that well that doesn't mean the reports aren't genuine it could be simply because now that it's more accepted in culture to talk about it that people are coming forward and talking about their experiences without as much fear of ridicule mm, that makes sense i mean just like we were talking about earlier uh, with Hangar One coming out, you know, that didn't necessarily mean people were making up sightings. Actually, they got a lot of historical sightings where people were like, hey, I had a UFO sighting. I didn't know I could report it. I'm going to report it. And a lot of the sightings they were receiving were not current, but from the past, to speak to your point, that they were a variety. They weren't influenced to report a UFO. They finally found out they could report a UFO. So they did. Oh, sure. And of course, and, you know, we hear uh, we've all listened to Stanton Friedman and how he talks about when he does his lectures that he'll his audience, you know, how many people have seen a UFO and quite a few people will put up their hand and then he'll ask, well, how many people have reported them? And then maybe only a handful, two or three of, of quite a several dozen might put up their hands. So there's a lot of people that see them and just aren't reporting them for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And all that the media does when it becomes acceptable is encourage people to talk about it more. Right. Yeah. So uh, at least especially in those cases. Right. I think that the craft, it it doesn't not influencing it in a negative way or. or And there has been a real shift in, in the way that the public and even the media has looked at the phenomena. And the subject matter since this uh, to the Stars Academy oh, big thing one. came out. So, you know, can you comment on that a little bit? What's your yeah, perspective definitely. There? Uh, I, I think there's been a huge change in that, you know, I, I monitor. That's kind of mainly what I do is monitoring the media regarding this topic uh, and, and, you know, on a regular basis. And then also being out there. The reason I monitor it also is to get a pulse. So I know, you know, what is going to be most effective. 
And I work with a media organization that, you know, Den of Geek right now I'm writing for uh, before I wrote for Huffington Post. And surprisingly, Den of Geek is even more careful about the credibility. They don't want to be seen as, you know, kind of a conspiracy group. So when I write a UFO article for it, it's got to be well sourced and it's got to be very credible. But they've been more open. I don't think they would have. I'm I'm don't think they would have posted my UFO stories if it wouldn't have had been for the this situation there's a writer named tyler rogaway who's a defense writer who very credible person writes about jets and everything he has been writing ufo stories uh since that happened because he feels that now it's more credible and he says everybody in aerospace is interested in ufos he says if you're talking if someone in aerospace says they're not interested in ufos they're lying is what he told me actually and, and not only that we've had more reports uh, i often reference a washington post article that came out that said ufos are are now a credible topic because of rock star tom delong and um which i think is pretty accurate actually and that's an example of even the Washington Post saying out there, hey, UFOs are fair game now. You know, it's a credible topic. And it has been. Uh, Fox News has had several, especially Tucker Carlson, taking the topic very seriously. He's had Lou Elizondo on. He's had Nick Pope on. He's had David Fravor, that pilot we talked about on. Um, they've also been on CNN and they've been treated very well. Um, so it's, it's a different game. We have crossed the tipping point is what I like to say. I have a lecture on it. And now it is a credible topic. One example I gave, I just posted a video where uh, some UFO researchers were all talking about this very topic. And, and I have some comments on there. And one of the comments I made is, you know, especially lately, more and more, I get to talk with NASA and space people. And when I interview an astronaut, for example, Scott Kelly, I got to do this. You know, he's very famous astronaut right now and i got to interview him and i felt more comfortable and it was more okay for me to ask him about ufos because i because i can preface it the dod uh, it turns out has been investigating ufos for several years what do you think about that so it's a credible way for me to broach the topic without just seeming like it's coming out of left field and so the it's changed everything has changed and there's kind of been though a bit of a polarization where there has been, uh, with some quote-unquote UFO researchers, kind of this rejection of this whole kind of new paradigm we're in. I think they liked the old paradigm where it was more fringy. Um, but I really feel positively about you know this new direction we're moving in, uh, where we're getting more credibility, because hopefully we can get more scientific research. Yeah, but you'd wonder here, maybe one reason why they resent that is because UFO researchers as a whole will largely become irrelevant. If I disagree traditional, with that. Well, if traditional science takes it over, it doesn't mean that they won't have a place. Maybe some will have a place. And remember, there are real scientists involved in UFO research. But the real fringy types may resent somebody taking away their plaything. Well, and here's why I disagree with that and, and why I think they shouldn't worry. I, I agree with you at, that I think that that is their concern. But if you play nice with these people, you will actually, uh, I think, get a, get more benefit. And and the reason why is that you get more attention and then that you, you get in the game and in the conversation, the big conversation. 
um, because like, for instance, open minds, we're more on the skeptical range of things, I think, you know, because we're mostly trying to um, look at things in a more journalistic manner and, and give you all of the facts and, and, and the information and not necessarily coming down one way or another. You're and not evangelizing that- is the point. We've got more, a little bit more with Alejandro Rojas of OpenMinds.tv and the International UFO Congress with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually... Get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com. Use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit They put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gussets got it for good old-fashioned comfort, get Diamond Gusset Jeans. Every stitch guaranteed. And our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced. See them at GUSSET.com, that's Gusset.com, or call 888-848-7738, that's 888-848-7738. Diamond Gusset Jeans got it, others don't. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
$1,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. When Alejandro does that, the Paracast, he becomes a totally different person. We've got a couple of more segments with Alejandro Rojas. We're talking about the changes in UFO research and the possibility here that UFOs are becoming acceptable. Right. And and I want to finish that thought I was saying. It, it, and this is the experience that I've had and, and why the more fringe kind of ideas should uh, embrace this new environment and get involved and in the conversation. Because one, once people get interested, then they start to explore all the different areas. And I've experienced that quite a bit with my own viewership. A lot of people, they just want to tip their toe, you know, kind of get the temperature of this weird UFO arena. And they feel open minds is a safe place to do that. And then they get hooked and then they see all that, everything else out there. And then they start to move into these more, even more fringe areas and they start to explore different things and which lends to increasing these other audiences. And that can happen with these, you know, the same thing can happen if, if you open up and are, are trying to be positive and working with uh, these new groups of people that are getting involved, because first of all, it's going to get your attention. It's going to show you're a professional. Um, and as people begin to look into UFOs, they'll start to look into whatever you're talking about. And I know this as a fact, and this is kind of even true of me and other journalists or scientists. When you're presenting credible information, you're not presenting your opinion, you're presenting information. So you're never going to know. Most people are like, oh, you think that this and that and this. You don't know what I think. You haven't asked me what I think. You don't know what those scientists think. And I can tell you from working with a lot of scientists who have an interest in this field that their personal beliefs when they open up are just as fringe as anyone else's. I mean, they are really open to the possibilities. They just need to be careful about what they share and how and how they substantiate what they're saying. But they are just as as into all of this as anyone else. We should try to get away from that us and them attitude whenever we can, like with SETI or or anyone, because um, we typically, we have more in common with them and there's more benefit to trying to work with others than trying to fight. 
Absolutely. I, th- I think that's a really healthy attitude. And so, while we're at it, though, how about we talk a little bit uh, just about our opinions, what we what we tend to think is the best case scenario or our, our personal beliefs a little bit here, because this is just an informal show. We we don't have to um, prove our, our opinions here happen to be the case. So wh- what do you think we're dealing with when we're dealing with a UFO report? And by UFO, I mean something, some sort of alien craft. Like, we don't know where it's from. But it's definitely from some place that's beyond the boundaries and constructs of our known civilization. Just to begin with, use that as a baseline. What do you think we're dealing with? I think it's it's hard. I'm I'm the type of guy, and I've over time had to. I'm very loose with my own beliefs. I mean, I'm open minded. I, I'm I'm and a bit agnostic, I guess, in that doubtful that maybe during my lifetime we'll even ever we'll figure this out maybe it's something we can't figure out or won't figure out in a long time but because and i preface it with that because my change my views can change given whatever the data is at the time and we've certainly received an abundance of data uh, lately with uh, this new pentagon project i mean we haven't got as much information as we'd like but if you look, there's actually quite a bit of information that we have gotten. So we've got these craft, you know, that are very similar to 1952 or or many different military encounters across the globe where these lights are seen zipping around. Jets are scrambled. They outrun the jets, take off. Uh, and often when the jets go back, leave the area, then the objects come back. I mean, this has been happening for a long time across the world. So what could these things be? It's it's really hard to say. And some of these more fringe scientists and stuff that I've talked to also like to say, hey, we can't be sure. We don't have information about who's controlling these things, just that they're there. And uh, you hear this with Hunt for the Skinwalker, even John Alexander coined the term precognitive sentient intelligence. Uh, it appears to be intelligently controlled and uh, it can guess what we're going to do next. It's smarter than us to the point where it seems to even know what we're going to do before we do it. Even the Nimitz situation had a, had a part of it that, that might've been like this. So right. The object turned around and, and ended up back at the rally point or something like that exactly. before they got there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Could it be from elsewhere? Certainly possible. We know that there are, there's got to be life out there and life older than ours. What would we do if we came across a civilization that we were more technological, more technologically advanced? We would try to probably observe them without them noticing or without hurting them like Star Trek. But there's also the possibility, you know, there's a lot of science and this is interesting from talking to scientists behind the scenes. This is a prevailing idea that you've heard before, people like Jacques Vallée, who is influential with scientists to this day, you know, I've kind of put forth this idea of there are areas where the veil is thin, that the, and essentially where the, the wall between dimensions is thin. And there could be, especially because science has adopted this idea that there are other dimensions, that there are ways where dimensions sometimes interact with each other. And that could be something that we're observing or that, you know, some other intelligence has figured out how to skip from dimension to dimension. That could I, be, too. I think that the, the whole dimensional, interdimensional hypothesis is, has evolved somewhat in, in the sense that 
when we're dealing with dimensions, it's sort of an inaccurate term. And, and I think Valet has even evolved his own outlook on that to think of dimensions as synonymous with other universes. So right. we ha- which is a far more plausible concept. And we do have scientists who take very seriously the idea that there are multiverses, a couple of different kinds of multiverses at that. Uh, so if it's possible, say, for example, that our universe, the realm that we live in, is some sort of vast construct, perhaps analogous to a simulation like the Matrix, that sure, why couldn't something simply manifest itself into our particular frame of reference and then disappear again? It seems very plausible, and there are scientists and philosophers taking that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's another potential. And, and you, you know, there are lots of ideas about how these different dimensions work, very technical and difficult to, to really conceive of for at least me. Um, so that lends to a variety of different scenarios. But we also don't understand consciousness completely, you know, or intelligence. So there could be cognitive sentient intelligence out there in that uh, manifests in forms that we're not familiar with i'll tell you what let's have another cognitive form that's going to appear momentarily we've got gene randall and alejandro you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Ever wonder how Bitcoin and Ethereum were created? Vercel Media has helped hundreds of companies and individuals make their own cryptocurrency. Decentralized blockchain solutions are making the world more transparent and giving power back to the people. Vercel Media has helped companies raise tens of millions in the past year alone, structuring and marketing ICOs to the thirsty crypto public worldwide. Don't miss the cryptocurrency revolution. Visit VercelMedia.com. V-E-R-C-E-L Media.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. It's the first weekend since Hurricane Michael tore through the southeast, and cleanup is now underway as residents of some hard-hit parts of Florida are now just returning to whatever is left of their homes. Tyndall Air Force Base received major damage. Air Force Captain Lindsey Horn. Every single building on that base is somehow damaged, whether it's fully destroyed or simply a roof is blown off. So their main priority right now is to take care of that base. The Pentagon says a security breach compromised the records of tens of thousands of workers. As many as 30,000 people, both military and civilians, may have had their personal information and credit card data stolen thanks to a security breach of Defense Department travel records. Officials say the number of workers affected could go up as they continue to investigate what happened. 
You're listening to USA Radio News. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Alejandro is going to leave very soon. He's going to leave the building because Elvis is here. And he's going to leave the building with Elvis. Alejandro, with all the stuff that's happening now, the renewed interest in UFOs, the Pentagon UFO study to the stars, all this other stuff, now they've got this TV drama based on, loosely, on the life of J. Allen Hynek. I think it's called Blue Book, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Now, with all this stuff going on, maybe more and more credibility, do we see a near-term solution or almost solution or general acceptance that we have UFOs and not just amongst we crazies? Oh, I think definitely. And uh, I, I feel I'm excited for this Project Blue Book show. It's going to be on the History Channel. Now, it's going to be fiction. However, it, J. Allen Hynek, the, the astronomer who is a consultant for Blue Book and all of the Air Force uh, investigations, is the main character. So they're portraying J. Allen Hynek. Um, so it'll be bring awareness to him, which is important because, of course, he uh, was a very skeptical when he started a debunker and then you know saw that there was enough evidence to to show that there was a genuine mystery and became just like the show says the first ufologist and 
they're covering real cases. Now, these aren't all real cases that Heineck were was involved with, but they're real cases that are in Project Blue Book, many of them very credible cases. In fact, the History Channel has a host of articles about many of these cases, and these are regular journalistic, you know, articles, research articles about the cases themselves. These aren't fictionalized articles. And and they they demonstrate just how interesting and credible these cases are. In fact, I talked with one of the reporters at length about the Washington, D.C. Um, article that they they wrote. Uh, so I think definitely uh, it, it's bringing in some conspiracy and New York Comic Con was just this last weekend. That's why we have kind of this huge uh, an abundance of articles this week uh, on it because the Project Blue Book guys were there at New York Comic Con, the actors and everything promoting it. Uh, in fact, you know, I've been reading some articles this morning from them. The people who put it together felt that there was, you know, some lying and some secrecy. So they can't kind of come from this conspiracy angle. Uh, so it's I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think it will. I think we're in a stage where people want to know more. Um, they they're afraid of looking silly, but they do want to know more. Well, at least that helps, even though it's fiction. But imagine Dr. J. Allen Hynek as an action hero. <laughs> I saw one of the previews for that show, and that's not the Hynek that I knew. And I didn't know him well, but I met him a few times and talked to him on the yeah. phone. That wasn't the guy. No, no, this isn't the Hynek. This is a cool, much younger person. Uh, he doesn't carry the pipe either like Hynek did. Uh, so, but I think he's going to be a great hero, which is kind of fun to me and, and to many of us. Heineck was a hero, but uh, this guy at least kind of encapsulates kind of in a, in a Heineck facade, the, a, a real kind of Fox Mulder, kind of those of us out there looking into this topic and trying to figure stuff out. I think he represents more uh, of a cross section of, of kind of, you know, us guys out here doing this. So that makes me excited for it, too. Of course, with Robert Zemeckis as the one of the executive producers, this will be Project Blue Book Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, he's played by an actor named Aidan Gillen. I think he's British or Irish or something. I'll look him up. And the show will premiere January 8th, 2019 on the History Channel. He was a little finger on, on Game of Thrones. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. For any of you who know that. So, yeah. So, I'm really excited about that. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then the other show out there on this topic, and I do talk to producers a lot. I know they're trying to come up with another show. I don't know why they've been having troubles. But the only other show out there that's big, you know, is is Ancient Aliens. And they're going to have their Alien Con coming up here in like a month. And they've I'm going to do several lectures there in Baltimore. But we went to the Pasadena one. And there were thousands and thousands of people there. It was crazy. Just noting here that Aiden Gillen is 50 years old, so he's not that young. Wow. And he's from Dublin. Mm-hmm. So he's another Irish actor who becomes an American. They couldn't find somebody in the U.S. to play him. Well, I guess he has kind of sort of the look when he gets the beard going. Yeah, he's got some star power, too, which is always good. So, um I don't mind that it's not an American, I guess. Well, look, Superman, Henry Cavill, 
All right. Of course. So obviously British. Commissioner Gordon, the one from the earlier Batman shows, not the guy who does the farmer's commercial who was Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, but the one in like Batman Begins was another Brit. So there you go. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, BBC has been doing a lot of great shows. Uh, of course, Game of Thrones is huge. Uh, some of the others, what, like The Crown. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of very famous people. And Doctor Who was a woman. Yes, which I think it's kind of exciting. I've been able to... Ooh, Jenna Coleman's going to be at Alien Con. She was a Doctor Who character, another British um, person. Um, and... Uh, I've also got to be present when we interviewed one of the other Doctor Who. Um, what does he call his his buddies? I forget. They're always girls, typically. They're companions. These companions. So. Right. Doctor Who has companions, and that's part of the tradition going back over 50 years. And he, were- for a while, he had like two or three companions, and he went to one. And now with the current Doctor Who, Miss Whitaker... Back to three. Oh, really? That's cool. I didn't catch the last season yet, uh, which I, I really need to. And uh, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Jody Whitaker, Doctor Who. Of course, we remember her from Broadchurch. Another okay. great thing about Doctor Who, uh, which is another great thing about Star Trek and all these others, is that they're brainstorming really ideas of what aliens may be like. Um what what I love about Doctor Who is this kind of idea of the uh, it's convoluted that, you know, extreme technology it's just like, you know, Arthur C. Clarke said technology so advanced will look like magic. You know, the technology in Doctor Who is really convoluted and crazy and, and some of the scenarios. But uh, that's wonderful because often scientific discoveries or, or otherwise, especially sociological you know type of things are things we could have never thought of or conceived of. They're really wild and crazy. So uh, it's another fun thing about Doctor Who is is that they're so creative in their their wild scenarios of alien life and, and planets and stuff like that. Well, it certainly has gotten into our culture. And so there we go. It returns us back to Paul Kingsbury and his research. And I think the field would be lesser without it. If we just stuck to only the hard scientific data, I think we'd be chopping out a lot of really fascinating, important, and fun stuff. Yeah, and I think it's missing out because that's one aspect that I love is the culture. By watching how the media handles this and how mainstream handles this is really watching the evolution of our culture and their um, adoption or perspective on this topic. Alejandro, you have to go. You have to leave. I do. Despite the chains, tell our listeners they want to know more about the things you do. Where do they go? Uh, there's two places you can go. So uh, openminds.tv, of course, is where you're going to find everything that I do as far as UFOs. Uh, you know, there will also be links to the UFO Congress uh, out there, which I'm an employee in the MC. I also have a Patreon page. So just look for Alejandro Rojas on Patreon. And that's where I post everything I do. So I write a lot of articles on space. Like I said, I get to interview some astronauts and some. I, I recently, my most recent story is actually the filmmakers from the documentary Science Fair, which is a really cool documentary. Alejandro Rojas, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Um, 
Coming up next to continue the discussion is the one, the only, Curtis Collins. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So we continue with part two of the episode. We had a pleasant conversation, as usual, with my old friend Alejandro Rojas of OpenMinds.tv and the International UFO Conference. And we even have lunch occasionally. He has a good idea of really nice restaurants, so I'm always happy if he pays for it. I'm kidding. In any case, we invited Kurt Collins to join us on the second part of this episode. But before we get into the UFO and paranormal stuff, I wanted to read this story I just picked up from CNN Business. We're doing this show on a Friday afternoon. You're hearing it on a Sunday morning or some other time. The headline is, Hackers Accessed Personal Information of 30 million Facebook users. Now, it seems to me that very little time ever passes before we hear yet another Facebook intrusion, okay? And the attackers apparently exploited a series of bugs on Facebook's platform. Now, every platform has bugs, but this is really annoying because this is the information. For the 14 million worst hit by the breach... They got your username, your gender, locale, language, relationship status, religion, hometown, self-reported current city, birth date, device types used to access Facebook, education, work, the last 10 places you checked into or were tagged in, website, people or pages you follow, and your 15 most recent searches. And that sounds like it's, you know, it reflects everything you do. Of course... Facebook has hundreds of millions of users. And I know some of us do use Facebook on more than a few occasions. I guess we got to be careful or use something else. Will Facebook become the MySpace and 10 years from now, it'll be just forgotten? Or can we trust anything anymore? Never never liked it. Don't really like Zuckerberg. Just, you know, then the movie Social Media just, okay, after I watched that, it was, okay, I'm getting rid of my account. Not to mention that you know people have done the expose on the CIA backing of it and so on. I mean, really, how do we know the hackers weren't CIA in the first place? That was Social Network, by the way. And one of the stars of Social Network was the same guy who played Lex Luthor in Justice League and Batman v Superman. So maybe we understand there. He's a that, good actor. Yes, he is. He plays crazy very well. So, Kurt, I know you use Facebook a fair amount because I see your posts there. I assume or hope that you mostly keep that to the UFO section. That's right. You know, one thing that's that's worried me about uh, a lot of these uh, sites, Facebook and and many others, they'll allow you to use uh, a shared identity from, say, like your Google password and everything. So I avoid doing that in most cases. But, you know, if if one of these is uh, compromised, it seems like you're your information across these other platforms might also be. So you have to be really careful with that. 
But, you know, Facebook, for the way people have tried to use it, you know, can be a great thing, but it's it's so commercialized and uh, it's it's amazing how many people have become basically addicted to it. And remember, you are the customer at Facebook. You know, it's not like Apple selling you a computer or Microsoft licensing an operating system. With Google, with Facebook, with Twitter, you are the customer. You are the one being marketed, and you are the one who is the target of the ads that finance the service. You said customer. I think, in a way, you're the you're the product. In some That's cases. right. You're the product. You're the product. They're selling you. They're selling me. You know. That's a waste of money. They're selling me and everything. I don't know why we get into this, but of course, in the UFO field, we've occasionally had the conspiracy theories about people being spied upon by the government, and we think of that as something unique. But right here in the real world, where certainly the UFO world is real, but this is the outside world, the rest of the people, guess what? Everybody's doing it. It's just amazing. We wanted to get into something here that we didn't get into when we were talking to Alejandro and previously when we had Dr. Paul Kingsbury on the show, and that is the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. And this is an interesting development here. Perhaps you, Kurt, can tell us more about it. The, the SCU formed when they um, a witness came to him, a witness to the um, connected to the, the Puerto Rico uh, UFO, UAP case in, uh, what was the year that was it? 2013? I think it surfaced. Yeah, it was 2013. It surfaced in 2015 is when the story broke with the video. And he did not want to cooperate for whatever reason with the established UFO organization. Well, the, the people that he had reached out to uh, was uh, an associate of MUFON. And everyone that she associated was with MUFON. So they decided well, that they would work outside of MUFON and in this new organization. And I think they, it was a while before they actually formally pulled it together. But they, they worked on this case and uh, issued a report. It's been controversial. Uh, Alejandro was a big supporter of, of it. Uh, helped give him a lot of publicity on that. And uh, since then, he's, uh, he's joined the organization. And, uh, What's the title? Did, did we see the, what he was called? Some advisory board capacity? Well, I'm looking here at what they're calling Alejandro. I'm looking at all about the board here. And the main board, Alejandro is a board advisor, PR. So he uses his position, his status with open minds to get the word out. And other people we know about, Robert Powell. Of course, had worked with MUFON. He's been on the show. Dr. Kingsbury, of course, has been a lot. And there's a lot of people here I think we're all going to put on the show. But when you look at the people who are listed as affiliated with it, again, we see some really important names here. So, for example, Chris Rutkowski is going to be back in the PowerCast in a couple of weeks. Dr. Mark Rodiger of KUFOS. Kevin Randall, our old friend Kevin Randall's part of it. So you look at these names, and these are serious people with serious credentials. Mark D'Antonio, another example. And having them, I think, makes you feel more friendly, at least warmer and fuzzier towards something being done. And it's not as part of the traditional UFO group meme. I I mean... 
whenever I see the word scientific emblazoned in connection with ufology, I think that that just makes it a sitting duck for the skeptics who are going to, and other scientists for that matter, who are going to immediately call it pseudoscience and show us your scientific papers because they will tear them to shreds. It's it's interesting uh, the way it came about. And, and Robert Powell was the, I forget the exact title, but he was in, in charge of the scientific investigations while he was was associated with MUFON. And I think he basically just took his shop and, and, and took it to the SCU. But, but one thing that was interesting about that was, to me, was uh, at MUFON, he had the description of the scientific board mentioned several people with scientific credentials, but not by name. And uh, I noticed that some of the new people that are also listed as associates in this, you know, they'll they'll give the, their job title or academic credentials, but not their name. So, you know, most of the UFO uh, researchers are named, but the, but the uh, the professionals that may be advising them are some of them are withholding their identity. Well, that would make a certain amount of sense. But then again, that just speaks to the whole issue that, oh, well, you know, I'm too afraid to come forward because somebody might uh, ridicule me or something like that. So how does that really help? Either way, I think that, that putting it out there that it's some sort of science really is not the best way to go. And when we were talking with Paul Kingsbury, who is on that board, he was quite a bit in agreement with that in, in that he believes it could be studied academically, but that's, but science isn't necessarily the best way to go about it because we simply don't have valid scientific, verifiable material evidence. The, I think you're right about, about having the, the, the name science in the, in the, the title. But I think that it does show that there something about their approach. They want to. I, I know that uh, that Robert Powell is, is really interested in radar cases and things that where you know there's some data to analyze, and it, it's not strictly about um, you know the testimony of a witness or or certainly not something you know something that's been channeled in a dream or anything like that. So you know I I, I admire the intent of the organization, but. Um, you know, some of the work they'd done on the Puerto Rico case, I think there was there was some uh, artistic interpretation of the data. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Let's get into more of this in our next segment. We've got Curtis Collins. We've got Jay Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t 
T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, this is an important thing here, too, of course. Obviously, we expect that people who are working with this organization are going to put their own spin and some of their own opinions on it, not just treat it as something fresh. The question and concern I have is that we've had scientific organizations before in the UFO field that have come for naught. I'm thinking of KUFOS. You know, it grew up around Dr. J. Allen Hynek, and after his death, probably just started on a downward slide, and today, not much is done, although we still have a few people active. So what's to say if this organization is not going to eventually just disappear? Well, at least they're not set up like... uh MUFON, where they're selling you a newsletter and a membership and things like that. I think it's sort of a, it, it appears to be something of a professional association. And I think, you know, KUFOS probably was supposed to be too, although they, they had a lot of uh, public relations. And I, I don't think that they had, I guess, I guess they had a newsletter too, but it wasn't a, it wasn't, a, you know, a, a big product. It wasn't product driven like some of the other things seem to be. Well, QFOS is very quiet on the scene. It's hard to even get a response from them. They're not out there advertising themselves as the big scientific answer to the whole problem of ufology. And it, basically, in my opinion, I think they're doing some still some very good, quiet work behind the scenes. I mean, they still got Michael Swords with them. Uh, I can't really think of a, of a finer researcher when you really get down to looking at some of the work he's done. Right, but we had... Dr. Rodiger and Leslie Kane on the Paracast several years ago talking about their UFO data, UFO detection project. And that thing kind of just drifted and drifted and nothing came of it. Now, in connection with that, our own Chris O'Brien has had success in fine-tuning his San Luis Valley camera project. He's got a GoFundMe page where... He's getting donations and everything. So I think in that respect, 
we're going to see something really soon because they are testing real things. But when it comes to the UFO data project, it seems to me that it's just something they're talking about. There are a number of projects like that. I think the, um, the you know, NICAP still exists, at least in, in name form. Uh, uh, Fran Ridge runs that and he has this, this MADAR project and it's, it's, it's something about a detection program also. I'm not that familiar with, with the details on it. But there are a number of, of serious researchers that are not terribly interested in publicity. And some of them are overlapping because I, I think uh, like uh, Jan Aldrich, I think, is part of that group. And, and I think he works with Michael Sword. So there's, there's, a, there's probably overlapping networks, but they're not, they're not the guys that you see on Ancient Aliens. No, I, I tried to, in fact, get Swords on to the Paracast, and I got a response from uh, Rodinger, who's, who was saying that he just won't do it. He's, to, uh, to, to paraphrase, has sworn off doing radio interviews years ago and simply won't get involved in the public side of things. And I'm, an, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's their attitude. I was trying to think of some of the other people. I tried to reach uh, a Robert Barrow was an old, uh, uh, he was probably a teenage member of NICAP and was really involved in things. And he, he still writes some things online, but you know, he's, he's allergic to radio, so we can't get him. And I think he'd have a lot to say. You know, there's a lot about UFO history and you know, his own personal research. He's, he's probably not investigating cases today, but you know, he's, it, it's great to have that perspective. Uh, and so many, but you know there is there is a problem. We're uh, we have a lot of uh, talented folks that are aging off the planet, and I, I'm not sure who's uh, leaping forward to replace them. There's not a lot of young people with the same kind of interest that um, that these men did and researchers had in in their youth. Uh, it, I'm sure that. I don't know what the television ratings are with the demographics of the, the UFO shows like Hangar One and Ancient Aliens, you know, if they're reaching uh, kids and teenagers. I did a brief, uh, it's interesting you should mention that, I did a brief uh, search statistic on the difference between paranormal investigative groups and UFO investigative groups. And the paranormal in general has just taken off. There were you know, millions of views. And this is where you put things in brackets. So you get specific phrases. And there were dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of groups. Sure, there are quite a few people interested in ufology still. But the ratio was about three to one. Paranormal has taken over. And ufology has been relegated to just a, a sort of a, an afterthought in that whole thing. That's interesting. There's, I, I don't, ha- I don't have data like that. And the, the the survey that I looked at was something that was uh, was done for a study. Uh, and what was the name of the book? It was it was a study of paranormal topics, and they they surveyed over a thousand people and and broken it down by different topics. and And they they looked at the UFO and paranormal beliefs in a, a spectrum of things. And it by far though. The female population they, they responded to the survey, and that's always important. It's the people who respond are the ones that you, you don't know what the average person who, who didn't respond, you know, if that how that would have changed things. But of the people who responded, the, the female um, uh, percentage was higher in all paranormal beliefs ranging from Atlantis to, to Bigfoot. 
except on the topic of UFOs. And then the male statistics uh, edged them out. So um, it, it seems like there there is possibly a, an untapped female audience, but they're already much more interested in, in the paranormal and spiritual matters. And probably when they are interested in UFOs, it's more in that side of it rather than say like the the guys that are interested it's almost like you know you, the cliche thing about guys interested in cars and things like that and cars and jets so they're interested in the mechanical the nuts and bolts ufos well, i think you make a valid point there because you know as much as we not might not like gender stereotyping socialization in society is a very powerful influence so we do still have the general impression that women are more concerned with feelings and impressions and intuition and relating to things more than men who are more interested in dissecting them, studying them, and figuring out what use they are to them type of thing. So it's not surprising that there'd be a higher population of female interest in things like psychics, psychic readings, uh, animal communication, and that sort of thing. Ghost was another big one, too. That, that in, all the, in all those categories, there, it was, uh, there, was, there wasn't always a huge difference, but it was, you know, except for UFOs, it was, it was a higher percentage among the females. But I wonder, uh, you know, what about the, about the youth element, too? But Certainly, uh, well, in my own experience, there was all sorts of things on on television, from entertainment, the news, the newspapers. You know, it was almost a daily part of life, the UFO discussion, particularly when there was a push to to get Senate hearings. And then, of course, the Condon Committee, the current controversy over over UFOs from that study. Uh, there, There were. In other words, there was regular headline news about UFOs, and that's much less often the case today. I think you make a really good point there. And speaking of Condon, he was an academic. He was a scientist uh, and a really good one, too. And this always makes me think, well, he did such a really, I would say, incomplete and messed up job of evaluating the statistics and the analysis and all the evidence back in the day when he was supposed to be in charge of that project, it makes me wonder if academic credentials are really all they're cracked up to be when it comes to studying ufology. Why is it that there aren't ufologists on, say, the To The Stars Academy team or the Scientific Coalition of Ufology? There seems to be this academic elitism going on. Let's go into that answer. In our next segment with Randall Curtin Sheen, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We promote the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse and invite you to try them today by visiting GCNLife.com. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We've got Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, an important question on the table here. Are pure 
ufologists kind of being left out when scientists become more and more involved in UFO research? It's an interesting question. There's another facet of that. A lot of times when a scientist does become interested in UFOs, they work outside their discipline. I, I, I was reading the transcript of this, this conference from 1977, the FATES International UFO Congress. And one of the speakers noted that that fact and, you know, people like Richard Haynes, who is a psychologist, he was he became more interested in aeronautical cases. And I think, uh, let's see, Dr. Jacobs, who was a historian. And what was he? I've, now I've forgotten. Well, I'm. I don't have. I wasn't prepared to <laughs> talk about this in depth, but but in several cases, if you look at it, with with rare exception, the interest that they have is outside their field. Now, now, luckily, there there are exceptions to that as well. Particularly when, say, somebody was recruited for a specific role, like their radio, uh, their experience in radiation or medicine, and things like that. So they're consulted on on that. But as far as their I- interest, it's usually driven more towards general UFO cases. But as, as far as the role of ufologists, I, I think that, that they probably are regarded second or third wheels somewhere back because they're typically, I don't know of any place legitimately teaching ufology where you can get a degree. I think there's some online places but it, it's, it's not a recognized discipline. So you've, you've got to bring in other kind of experts to uh, evaluate radar or trajectories, aerodynamic performance, things like that. Well, that's what you should do. That's what you would think. But then it, you know, if you've got a, a person who is, say, an animal scientist, something like that, someone, say, a marine biologist, well, how do they know anything about UFO propulsion, and why should they, their word be taken uh, as being more credible than a ufologist who's looked at all of this angle, and just simply because they've got some sort of degree that says, well, the, you know, they're a scientist, they've got an education. It's, it's an academic elitism that bothers me. That's true. A number of, of, of speakers, for example, Dr. Stephen Greer. You know, people are, are impressed with that title, but he was an emergency room physician many, many years ago, and very little of, of what he has taught had been taught is going to directly apply to, uh, to uh, a scientific investigation of an extraterrestrial spacecraft. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of an extreme and possibly laughable example, but that's the case a lot of times where the, the degree, the the scientific association is supposed to give them license to have an understanding of all this information where very often they're doing exactly what you said. They're working outside of their discipline. Right. It's a false uh, assumption. It's basically an argument from authority where someone feels that simply because they have a number of letters after their name in terms of credentials, that they're therefore qualified to talk about something that they may have no actual knowledge about, or certainly not to the extent of a ufologist who's taken years to study it. Yeah, but there's a question here, too. What makes a proper ufologist? What's the definition? 
What are the qualifications? Is it just being interested in following and maybe doing some on-site investigation? What kind of training do you have? With an academic, there's a specific level of training for different fields. For a ufologist, taking the MUFON field investigator's manual? That's actually not too bad of a manual and, and a program. I'd say it's better than nothing. At least it establishes some sort of baseline qualifications for somebody who's interested in the field. Look at someone like Jerome Clark, who's got the UFO encyclopedia going. That's an incredible amount of work. I think people who have done the work and they've done the publishing and they've got the experience in the field and they can support their positions with at least a modicum of critical thinking deserve to be taken more seriously than someone with a load of academic credentials who's unfamiliar with the field. I think more often than not, we see people with this academic background come in as from the skeptical and debunking side rather than the supportive side. But, you know, you have people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and uh, Seth Shostak, for example, and, you know, they, they tend to condemn UFOs for the lack of things that they're able to put in a laboratory. But most often you'll find that, well, they're criticized, and I think probably fairly, for the fact that they don't have this this depth that you mentioned that, say, Jerome Clark has. I mean, and they can't be expected to, but it's nowhere close. They, they don't have a sense of history of, of things. And, you know, you don't have to be ex- an expert on the UFO stories. That, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's, it's that in their minds, a little green men flying saucer story is equal to a report of a UFO that's been detected on radar by a military witness. You know, they just, to them, it's, it's, they're both stories and unless there's facts, they're garbage. And, and I think that the, the more experienced uh, UFO researchers are going to, going to take the weight of, um, you know, not just because the guy has the authority of being in the military, but because it's been detected on equipment, uh, and it, it was in, especially the cases where there are multiple witnesses and things like that. So it, it's too black and white for the scientific skeptical community when the evidence falls short. But I think that these these certain cases and, and you know, they're frustrating that there's not more, but they're they're far better than the stories that are you can't differentiate from a dream. Oh, there's no question about that. You mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, interesting personality. There's no question he's got scientific credentials. I like him. But when he gets talking about UFOs, he goes into this sort of uh, uh, skeptical, to the edge of ridicule mode, and actually, in my opinion, misrepresents the field, misrepresents what UFOs are, misrepresents how they're seen by people who take it seriously. And he does that in front of academic audiences who, just because of his credentials, take that seriously. And it's really not fair-minded, in my opinion. I think that the contempt of a lot of these guys is because they are they have dealt with some some UFO extremists. I mean, there are there are some actual UFO cults uh, now and in the past 
and and some you know extremist believers who um they require no proof no scientific examine whatsoever and they can be awfully vocal about things they let's do our break here kurt gene randall you're in the paracast Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The Deep State began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Pastor Andrew Brunson has been released from a Turkish prison. He was detained after a failed military coup in 2016. Brunson has always maintained his innocence. President Trump. This has nothing to do with anything. There was no deal made at all. There was no deal. Uh, But we're very happy to have him and have him in good shape. Very good shape. And global businesses are reassessing their relationships with Saudi Arabia after reports that journalist Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Khashoggi's Apple Watch recorded his interrogation, torture, and murder inside the consulate. Once again, President Trump. It is potentially a really, really terrible situation. So we'll see what happens. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money! 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 Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle... Call LendingTree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business, so you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call LendingTree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315-800-634-1315-800-634-1315. That's 800-634-1315. NMLS number 1136. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Kurt, you were in the middle of establishing a point there, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's how the commercial world works. Go ahead, please. Well, I was talking about an, a very old problem, and it's something that, that uh, Donald Kehoe of, of NICAP was constantly battling with. And that was the people that, you know, in his case, it was the contactees who um, the people like George Adamski and his imitators were talking about going on flying saucer rides and, you know, in these fantastic stories with, with no, no evidence whatsoever. And uh, it, it, these, these kind of people, and some, there are some, there are some, um, well, I mentioned before, cult-like groups that uh, are very vocal and they make the topic very easy to ridicule. And I think that's why why some people, and Neil deGrasse Tyson would be one of them, he just is going to reject UFOs as being their cause and their plaything. So I'm not sure how we ever get away from that. I, I know that that's part of the reason that some people have have uh, gone underground in UFO research and studies to avoid this this sort of thing with conventions and such. And and, and other researchers have favored the term UAP to differentiate it from the UFOs that have become paraded, you know, promoted as as alien spacecraft. It becomes the highfalutin way of referring to UFOs. But that goes back to the use of UAO, Unidentified Aerial Objects, from APRO back in the 50s. They tried to put themselves in a different category than some of the other organizations at the time. Yeah, that's right. And and I've, I've even seen that, that term used in, in Project Blue Book, I think, by Edward Ruppelt. So... You know, it, it's hard to change the name. I've heard so many people try to do that. But even with UAP, you have to stop and explain for half the audience that it means UFOs. So you haven't really gained much. In fact, I heard Hillary Clinton do it when she made an appearance during the 2016 election and talked about her interest in UFOs. And no, that's not why she was defeated. In fact, they didn't even make it an issue in the campaign, as far as I recall. I saw one news story that, that uh, seemed to ridicule uh, John Podesta on that regard. But otherwise, I don't think it really caught on in a big way, you know, and it could have. But 
Yeah, there's there's definitely a negative connotation, and and, and most of it really comes from from the uh, the goofy side of things, you know, which we have to admit is is part of things. Even you know, if you go to a convention of a of a, a MUFON lobby or something, you see these silly green blow up aliens and things. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned Chris Rakowski as a as a respectable UFO researcher. He collects this goofy stuff. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of embraces that side of it, you know, the pop culture and, and things like that. But he knows the difference between what's real and not. And, you know, there's some other people that that really don't seem to. And I, I guess the the problem with one of the many problems with UFO research is you've got the people that are trying to do serious work. And you've got the public's appetite for it, which runs a wide spectrum, you know, from the from the things about oh, aliens building the pyramids and and, and you know abductions and, and many other things that just are not related to an unidentified object, you know, violating our airspace. You know, there's a lot of associated baggage that people are fascinated with. It, it might more properly be the the study for Charles Ford and the Fordians to study these 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 oddball things. You know, it's good to have a curiosity, but it's not all part of UFOs. But remember, Kurt, it's debatable on the part of some people whether or not abductions have anything to do with UFOs because it happens often in connection with the UFO sighting, at least when they first start. Obviously, for repeaters, it doesn't, but there is that issue that has to be confronted. Certainly, someone like Jerry Clark feels it's a different kind of phenomenon, and that may indeed be true. But as long as you have the fact that a UFO sighting will often herald an abduction experience, how do you separate it? I was looking at at some of the work of of Stan Gordon, and he was trying to make the case for a a solid connection between the appearance of Bigfoot and UFOs. And that's just too far for me. I, unless I don't want to be so rigid, but unless I see a Bigfoot coming out of a saucer, I'm just not going to pay much attention to that, that, that notion. Well, really, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to pay attention to it. I've spent quite a bit of time on the whole semantics problem, sorting all of this out. And really what it breaks down to from an academic perspective is that you can have a heading, a general heading. Think of it as a library where you might uh, have the old card catalog system. And underneath the top heading of ufology, you would have a breakdown of the various subjects that are connected with it in a logical fashion that someone could go in and see how those connections relate to the subject from an objective point of view. In other words, it's not required that we believe that Bigfoot is an alien. However, I think it should be acknowledged that there are people who think that within the subject considered as an objective field of study of, of, of itself, if you get what I'm saying there. Well, you know, the, the, the ideas that are held about it are, are, are definitely interesting. And, you know, that that affects the way people interpret and experience. Um, oh, one thing I wanted, wanted to get back to about the problems with terminology. 
uh, I was having this discussion with someone recently, and they had been in an argument about someone that said, well, it's not a UFO until it's been investigated, and we know that it's not a conventional object. So that... So when does it become a UFO? And I think, and one time there was a, there was, uh, Bruce McAbee had pr- proposed a term for once something had been rigorous, rigorously, rigorously investigated and no answer was found. And he wanted to call that uh, TRUFO, T-R-U-F-O. And, you know, that's kind of, I, I don't know how many names we need for different species of, of UFOs or at different stages, but, you know, just like when you see there's a meteor and there's a, oh, I've forgotten what the, what the in-flight thing for the particle itself is called. But then, uh, you know, it's meteorite once the fragment survives and hits the ground. So, you know, it's, it's a similar word to describe the thing in, in different stages. And it's almost like we need something like that for, for UFO. Now, we're not going to have it in hand to examine on the ground, but, but just to differentiate a raw case that could be a balloon or a bird from an object that's been investigated and has withstood the conventional explanations. It's that that's a really good point. That, that's a, a fabulous point. And what it boils down to is that you've got UFOs per se, what they are, what they mean, according to the various definitions and the interpretation of the historical definitions and the modern usage so once you've got that in perspective you can say okay well this is what we mean by the word so we can look at a ufo report for example and say okay well the object in a ufo report may not be a ufo it might be simply an unidentified light off in the distance that's not a ufo so we just have to differentiate between a ufo report and a ufo that's an IFO. By the way, we have the Paracast Plus. We should mention it. We also have the After the Paracast podcast. This add-on show that's only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We give you the version of this show without the network ads. All 41 minutes of them are zapped. They aren't even added to the show. We actually make the Paracast Plus version off the master recording at a higher bit rate, meaning better quality sound. Curtis Collins, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, for one more segment, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, I won't mention echoes anymore, by the way, because I think I am somehow okay, autistic or something if I mention 
it more than once. That's the kind of thing. Kurt, we've covered some fair amount of ground here about scientific UFO research, research methodology, the people involved. But I want to touch in our final segment a little bit about the personal work you're doing, the saucers that time forgot. And you've got something there, a really big article on UFOs and Atlantis, which I guess dovetails a little bit into the Shaver mystery, doesn't it? It, everything's connected to the Shaver Mysteries. It does. So I became interested in this because recently there were a couple of high-profile researchers that had mentioned Atlantis. And I thought that that was so goofy that, you know, it was just completely out. But, okay, I heard Dr. Eric Davis, who is not formally associated with To the Stars Academy, but he's written some papers for the um, the organization, the advanced, oh, what is it? Is it aviation or aerospace? I think there's been both, you know, threat identification program, ATIP, that, and some of those people have gone on to become good work for To the Stars, including his boss, uh, Hal Putoff. So, Hal Putoff, apparently, one of his theories about the origins of UFOs is that it is, it's an offshoot of humanity, a separate species. Of, I don't know if if they're actually more physically or mentally advanced, but they split off and became more technologically advanced. And it could be that their ships are the UFOs that that we're seeing. And I became curious, where did this idea come from? And it's it's an old one. And and there were similar things in in Richard Chaver's writings and, and many other things. But in... Going back to UFO history, the first first instance I found of it was Desmond Leslie. He was a British scholar, and he co-wrote a book with uh, George Adamski. And I don't know if this had anything to do with George Adamski's ideas. I don't think so. But but he proposed such a thing, and I think he was he was the one that introduced the term vimana, the Sanskrit or Indian word for UFOs, and thought that these were connected. So. And many other early UFO authors shared similar views. What they disagreed sometimes was whether or not that our Atlantean ancestors had gone off into space or if they had received the gift from ancient aliens. But that's that's the basics of the Atlantis UFO connection, and it still has some followers today. There's a couple of different uh, locations, isn't there, for for people that want to know where Atlantis is located. And we have some archaeologists that say it's, you know, they say they found actual remains of a sunken city in the Mediterranean, but then others, you know, consider that it was some other separate thing, you know, beyond the Straits of Gibraltar kind of thing. And uh, quite a bit of debate over whether it was just uh, basically a, a parable, not based on any reality. So that's that's an argument that has been going on for so long. But it, it, there are a, a huge segment of the population that that does consider the Atlantis legend, at least in theory, possible, whether it's that specific civilization. You know, a large part of the, the, the packaging with, with that legend is you know, advanced technology. And in some, in some people's mind, it, it includes flying machines and spacecraft. Well, sure. Yeah. We have that in science fiction too, right? Uh, Stargate Atlantis. I think there's a spinoff series and there you have it. It's an, an entirely different planet. 
I watched the the original the movie and the original show, but didn't follow to the spinoff. So I'm not I'm not too familiar with their, the treatment. Well, but, the uh, thing is here, as soon as you have the Stargate, which allows for instant transfer from one planet to another, it's easy to put Atlantis on another planet. It doesn't necessarily have to be an ancient civilization or something hidden away somewhere under a rock or something. I'm not too familiar with the concept of portals, but I've heard a lot of talk about it from Grant Cameron and others. How similar are, is the idea of portals to a Stargate? Well, the key with a Stargate is that you have one at the source or the starting point and the destination, and they can be used for either purpose. So when you enter the Stargate, you have to go to a place that has a Stargate to receive you. And then you have to configure the Stargate with the destination. And once you do that, then you can go anywhere as long as you have a place to land at. But in the Stargate shows, they also have spaceships because they realize you can't go to every location. It's obviously a pretty big or major construction project or setup project to put the Stargate up to make it work. It's not just having a single portal. It is a place to start and a place to end. Okay, as as a sender and a receiver. It's actually a transceiver because it can serve arrivals and departures. Okay. Yeah, they base it on the whole idea of of wormhole physics. So that's that's a bit of a a different thing from some other types of faster-than-light travel that they've considered in science fiction, like Galactica... We're not really sure exactly how that works, but rather than using a wormhole, they're able to dial in coordinates similar to the way they do on uh, Atlantis, and then they just go from one place to another. It's not really clear exactly how, as far as I know, but you don't see them going into this wormhole where you get this sort of going down the drain type of imagery, and then you pop out on the other side of the exit, so to speak. And it's near instantaneous. It takes maybe five seconds or so. Where you see someone entering this watery abyss there. And then you go in there and immediately after being transported, you emerge unscathed, we hope. In that way, it's almost like a transporter. Except for the fact that with a transporter, you can just point it at a direction and you arrive there. They shoot your molecules somewhere where you're reassembled. Here you've got to have a receiving device in order to make it work. That's nice. I like the idea. I like it a lot better in a spaceship because it also makes it easier for the plot lines because you don't have to worry about the travel situation from one place to another. Now, Stargate Universe was all mostly spaceship-born and it didn't do near as well. They've talked about bringing back Stargate in some form. The original producers of the movie, which were cut out, when they decide to go on TV, those are the people who produced Independence Day. They have wanted to finish Stargate, which I guess they envisioned as a trilogy. But I have no idea why we do this. All right. Kurt Collins, I enjoyed this. I know Randall did, too. We're always glad to have you on with all your insights. Can you tell our listeners if they want to know more about the things that you do, where do they go? The easiest thing is to go to blueglorylines.com. Across the top of the page, you'll see a link to Saucers at Time Forgot. So you can easily access that there, too, which is mostly about, you know, unusual UFO history. Spell blue blurry lines for people. I think they miss it sometimes. 
B-L-U-E, B-L-U-R-R-Y, lines, L-I-N-E-S. The three words strung together, blue, blurry, lines, all together, one word, dot com. It's a great place to visit, so you definitely want to do it. Randall, you've been doing some shaving and haircutting of your site. Where is it? It's at ufopages.com. Those upgrades are still coming, but uh, hopefully won't be much longer. It's always more work than you think it is. That's why the new PowerCast site hasn't been done. And Andrews, our web developer and marketing guy, has been wrapped up in profitable projects that he had to get rid of first. The new Paracast forums are up right now. Go check them out at forum.theparacast.com. But definitely also check out the Paracast Plus, indeed the best way to support the show. It gives you the ad-free version of this show, free of the network ads, better quality audio, and the After the Paracast podcast where you never know what's going to come next. In fact, Kurt Collins has more to say, and you'll hear him. On this week's episode of After the Paracast, prices start at just $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. We also have a five-year and lifetime subscription, and we've had Paracast Plus for four years now. So within the next year, those of you with five-year subscriptions will renew. If you make a new subscription for five years or lifetime, we'll give you free stuff. Okay, plus.theparacast.com. On short notice, always, Kurt Collins, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>